This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're in a fantastic week and have enjoyed it because you've made it to the weekend nearly. Just got to get through Friday and then you're there. Um, but good morning, everybody. Hope you've had a fantastic time. I hope you're doing good and well. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. This is the Raw Reaction Show joining you the morning after Arsenal's 1-0 win. A very battling 1-0 win away at Buda Glimt in Norway. The first team to beat or even win or even stop a Buda Glimt from winning in 14 games in Europe. Some quite impressive statistics from the Norwegian side there. But Arsenal were able to beat them rather uncomfortably in the end. It was ugly, but it's three points and we're very happy about it. Anyway, let's say good morning to people joining us in the chat. Well, good morning to Anthony. Good morning to Afsar and PJ and Olu. Good morning to Martin and Dave. Uh, good morning to Kaiser and Matt G. Good morning to Jose and Damien and Stephen. Hope you're having a fantastic guy, uh, week, guys. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Everybody else as well, who I can't unfortunately say everybody, um, but I know that you're hopefully having a great time. Uh, let's move on. So as always, I need to go and get involved in the latest football prizes competition. 88 tickets have been sold. Plenty still left, but it means that if you get involved, you get a much better opportunity to win. Signed Arsenal shirt from last season by the current 22-23 Arsenal squad. Uh, and also an opportunity to win hospitality tickets to see Arsenal again. Zurich in the Europa League. Uh, really exciting prize. Make sure you get involved. Link in the description as always. But we kick off today's show by discussing what was a difficult night, but a good result in the end. As I say, it's the first time a team has stopped uh, but a glimpse from winning at home in Europe in 14 attempts. Roma have gone there and lost 6-1. And whilst it was a rather uncomfortable watch, it was ultimately one that bore a good result. PSV, of course, went there. I've still, I think, got to go there, in fact, um, potentially. I think they played Buda Glimt away in their last game of the group. They won't find it easy. They drew to Buda Glimt at home, so it'll be intriguing what happens in that result. 
Um, also, we played PSV in the next two games. I imagine that we'd have to go quite strong because they've looked very good so far in this group stage. They've had no issues beating FC Zurich like we did, even away from home. They put, I think, five past them. So no problems there at all for them. But what was a difficult night for us? The pitch, obviously dominated kind of the discussions before and during and after it didn't seem to suit Arsenal's players at all who looked very apprehensive in most of the ways in which they were playing throughout the whole game who managed to avoid injuries but still uh that that for me uh was was kind of the main highlight was how the players were reacting and played kind of different to they usually do on a plastic pitch. Bakaya Saka scoring yet again, uh, which is good to see because despite, I know it wasn't exactly an amazing performance from Bakaya Saka, what was good was the fact that we've got him scoring goals, we've got his confidence up, he's playing, scored, of course, against Liverpool twice, now scoring in the Europa League. If he can keep this scoring rate up, it's really going to help his confidence and push him on towards much better form than we've seen potentially at the start of the season. Matt Turner, for me, though, was the man of the match. I thought he was really, really good. Uh, yes, he only had to make one save with the only one shot on target, but I thought his distribution was a lot better than people are giving him credit for, especially towards the end of the game, actually, to the out to the left-hand side. His throwing is strong. His kicking out to Tierney was really good. Under pressure, he still dealt with things and passed it short. I thought he commanded his box well. He got that big punch away right at the end when they had that last corner and then won the foul for it. And also, I thought his reading of the game was really good. He came out from his goal line, stopped a couple of through balls, intercepted them well, kicked long. I thought he had a really, really strong game. Um, and actually, considering the fact that we've seen a lot of criticism for him, uh, I actually really thought it was his best performance by quite a distance and should hopefully give a lot of people encouragement. Uh, as Dave says in the chat, his anticipation was great. Uh, great. Uh, Olu says uh, Matt Turner's very good sweeper keeper, it turns out. Uh, Belage says his decision-making was top-notch. Uh, Vengerboy says there is so many positives to take away from the game. Some individual performances were encouraging. Uh, Matt stood out, I thought. Um, moving forward, Rob Holding, I thought, was strong at the back as well. Really strong, actually, indeed. Uh, he's a player that you can just kind of count on to be that defensive rock at the back when you need him to be is a player that we know what he's capable of. We know what he's not capable of. But when he comes in to play these kind of games, I thought he just dealt with things really well, passed out from the back well. He's not going to give you a Saliba or Gabriel or white level of performance in terms of a modern centre-back. But when you need someone to just come in and sit in and sit in that centre-back role, not have to deal with any kind of nuisances. And when he has to, he has to just clear it kind of simply and easily. He's fine. He's probably, as I say, the best fourth choice centre-back uh, outside of the top two big teams in the league. Uh, very, very happy with our, uh, with Holdings' performances as well. Uh, Lukonga uh, divides, which is a word I can't seemingly spell, <laughs> divides opinion. Uh, I thought, actually, he was quite good, especially in the first half. I thought he controlled the ball well. I thought his passing was good. He ended the game on 96.6% pass accuracy. In fact, I was sent the stats by Bellagio. I'll see if I can find them briefly. I know this is something I should have done earlier. Here you go. 84 minutes played, 69 touches, 57 passes, 96.6% accuracy, two key passes, two long balls, 100% accuracy with those, one dribble successfully completed, three ground duels in which he won two of those, two interceptions and one tackle. As Bellagio said in my mentions, a tidy performance really strong 
I thought he was a strong. I thought he was strong. Um, I think positioning wise, he needs to improve. When he's off the ball, that's where he's kind of the worries creep into my feeling and thinking about Lukonga. That's where he needs to be better. But what I have to always remember is the fact that. <laughs> he's not playing in a position that I think is his best role. I think where Xhaka is playing is where Lokonga would thrive. And so therefore, when he's not on the ball and playing in that number six position, which isn't his best role, he's always going to be, I think, undermined by that. So I've got to come to terms with that. And hopefully one day we get to see him use more so in that left-sided centre midfield position rather than the number six role, which I think accentuates the weaknesses in his game. Now for me, and I've seen a few people saying that Nelson did well. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't think Nelson was strong at all. I thought, actually, he wasted an opportunity to really show what he was capable of. Uh, I didn't like the way in which he played the game. I didn't like his uh, end product. was quite poor. Um, I, I just don't... I just didn't see a performance from Nelson that made me go, yeah, you know, this guy's really taken that opportunity. I thought the substitute appearance against Buddha Glimpse last week was really good. I thought he came off the bench and was really kind of uh, determined. I think he was energetic and spriteful. I really didn't, I didn't think he was great in the game. And yet I have seen some people say that they were kind of pleased with his performance. And I find that odd because I really don't, I can't grasp what he did that was so good. I really can't. I thought he didn't support the striker well enough. He didn't create enough chances well enough for, for Eddie and Ketia. I didn't think he combined well enough with the players around him. Dave says he didn't get the service, but for me, that's a problem, Dave, because we can talk about that for Eddie and Ketia. We can talk about the striker not getting enough service, but for me, Nelson's got to try and get himself involved in the game more to be the service. And that's where I kind of struggle with Nelson's performance because I felt he didn't involve himself enough he didn't create enough opportunities for himself and others and that for me is what the job of that wide player needs to be and then when he was given opportunities he obviously didn't take them so I think this could be the end of Nelson's story at Arsenal it's always going to be coming towards its end I'd be shocked if we extended his contract to be honest very shocked indeed he could end up leaving in January he most likely ended up leaving on a free in the summer transfer window. And Mikel Arteta knows that Arsenal need to improve. He spoke after the game about a number of players, including even the likes of Bakaya Saka. He said that the players need to get better. He said that they need to improve. They need to show better performances than what we saw. I think that what we will see from Arsenal is a much better game on Sunday, a reaction to what we've seen there. So, yeah, very, very happy with it indeed. Um, overall, what we've done in the group and managing to pick up results in difficult fixtures. But for me, uh, Mikel Arteta said absolutely everything that he needed to. So there you go. Um, that brings us to the end of part one. Do get involved with the Saliba, uh, not Saliba prize, rather, the uh, the signed shirt prize that we've got at the start of the show that you saw earlier on, link in the description. But we're going to tackle some of your questions and thoughts and feelings after this short break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chats and see what we're saying. Uh, KG says, "Come on, Tom, it's only one game. Give Nelson a chance. Uh, he's t- uh, give him time. He's a really good backup for Gabby." Sorry, KG, I don't agree with you on this. He's not a really good backup. A really good backup to Smith to uh, to Martinelli would be more so Smith Rowe. Nelson just isn't a re- quote really good backup. He's a player that I feel can do a job at a Feyenoord like he did last season. Probably do a good job at a lower end of the Premier League table, potentially the top end of the championship. But he's not a really good backup for a player of Gabriel Martinelli's quality. He's just not. Uh, it's nothing to do with not giving him a chance. He's been here a long time. He's been given chances and he's not necessarily taken them. In the Europa League two years ago, I don't think he took the chances he was given in those games either. Just not for me. Just just wasn't good enough for me. Uh, Terry, though, I do agree. Fabio Vieira was very poor. Very, very poor. Um, I didn't. I felt, to be fair, he was hindered by the fact that he was playing with Erdegaard. And I thought that this would be uh, an opportunity to see how that kind of dynamic could work with Vieira kind of playing the, the Xhaka role. But actually, everywhere that Erdegaard was in the game was where Vieira has flourished when we've seen him play. I am going to reserve judgment because it is just the one game in regards to Vieira and Odegaard playing a game starting with one another. So I hopefully can see better in the future. And of course, the environment is always going to come into play here. But I thought that everywhere that Odegaard was, was where Vieira has so far thrived. And and that's, I think, what held him back. Um, Belage says Chelsea prepared to pay Dortmund 100 million for 19-year-old Jude Bellingham. But the Bundesliga side apparently want at least 120 million, according to Builds. Uh, I mean, he's going to go for that amount of money, isn't he? I mean, if Arsenal want to get hold of him, they're going to have to make they're going to break their transfer record for him. I can't really see that happening. Um, Dave says these are games that you uh, win ugly, take the points, and come away without injuries in. And yeah, absolutely, uh, I think that's where we stand on that game. We have to just take the points, be happy about that, and move on. I don't think we can overanalyze the entire performance. I think there are some players, though, that could have done better and taken their chances better. Uh, Michael says, first YouTube live for me, usually on Spotify. Finally subscribed to. Keep up the good work. Always part of the morning routine from Mike. Thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate that. And to all of our listeners on Spotify, uh, I had Rambo message me, uh, Rambo FYI, who's actually doing some fantastic work now on Sky Sports on their Soccer Saturday program. Uh, Rambo messaged me to say that he saw that we were 49th in the YouTube Spotify charts for one of the categories, which is amazing. You know, 49th doesn't sound amazing, but when you consider the fact that we've only really been on Spotify for just over a year and a bit, and all of our main stuff is on YouTube, I think that's crazy. And that's, you know, that's how I think how many podcasts there are. So yeah, that's mad. So thank you so much, everybody that does listen on Spotify. By the way, if you are subscribed on Spotify, do me a favor, just hop over to YouTube and subscribe for me. Just just do that as a sweet favor after producing all this content because we're getting so close to 40,000 subs. I would really appreciate it. Even if you don't watch us on YouTube, 
just drop us a subscription. It would mean loads. Uh, the Arsenal comp says, I think you could see the levels drop because of no Jesus and Zinchenko to bring that mentality that's been getting us those performances. I think that when Xhaka came on, things improved slightly. I think Xhaka has been really key to the play, the way that we played this season. When Partey came on right, at the, right toward the end of the game, I was getting very worried. I thought that potentially we might be risking an injury that we don't need to worry about, but he was ultimately fine in the end. Uh, Navs has got here a bit late. Apologies. Uh, I, I got to say, Turner really impressed me and Nelson wasn't great. He had his chance to impress and kind of flopped. Uh, Alison says, Tom, this was his second game. He needs time. It's not his second game, though. I mean, if I go on to his statistics... For Arsenal, Nelson has played a lot of football for Arsenal, like a deceivingly amount of football. He started, or he's played in 24 Premier League games during his time at the club, and he has 50 appearances for Arsenal. Yes, a lot of those will be coming off the bench. I understand that. But Nketiah is around, I think, what, 100 or something like that now. Nelson's had 50 opportunities for Arsenal so far in his career, and I genuinely can't think of a performance beyond, say, the Liverpool one. And that doesn't count pre-season, by the way. This is just 50 appearances of competitive games. I think back to the Liverpool game where we won 2-1, Lacazette and Nelson scored. That, in my mind, is the only ones that stick. You know, that really, 49 other appearances I can't remember are just not memorable to me. So I don't think to say it's his second game is fair. I think Arsenal need to be ruthless with their squad. They need to be ruthless with the way which we're building towards what we want to achieve, which ultimately is getting as high up the table and as far through the cup competitions as we can. And I just don't think he's a usable asset if that is what our goal is. I just don't think that's a usable place to be. Uh, and a, a smart place to be at all. Madri says, playing devil's advocate, do you think Martinelli's agent is happy with him? Uh, Martinelli said he wants to stay at Arsenal for life. Does that weaken his position when negotiating a new contract? It's a fair question, Matt, and playing devil's advocate, completely fair. And you'd have to say that his agent probably won't be happy with those comments because he knows it does weaken his contract negotiation position. Um, I don't mind it as an Arsenal fan, but as a, from an agent perspective, you would have to say, yeah, it really does undermine that. Uh, and says, on a very positive note, uh, Man United had to fight for 90 minutes to beat Cyprus national uh, side uh, Ammonia Nicosia. Uh, they only just did that and we didn't have to use as much energy. It's very true. You know, I watched the Man United game and they were so unlucky, so unlucky at the end not to come out. They defended so brilliantly. The goalkeeper was fantastic. Uh, really, really unfortunate in the end. Five minutes of added time, questionable. <laughs> I know they scored in the 93rd, but questionable. Yeah, really unlucky in the end for Ammonia. I really thought they were going to come out with something indeed. Uh, Phil Wade says, people are forcing it to say Nelson did all right or needs time because he's a Highlander. He's had good chances and enough chances. If we want to compete at the top, we need better quality to compete with Saka and Martinelli. If you think about it, Nelson is taking the spot of somebody else. That's the way I'm looking at it. Nelson is taking the spot of potentially another product, a potential signing that we can make to improve things. That for me, there's not, he's taking up a spot for me. Clive saying it's his second game in three months, but it's also his 50th, 50th appearance in four years of chances for me. And whether or not that's worked to Arsenal, it just hasn't. I don't think it's translated what we saw at Feyenoord. I think what we saw at Feyenoord was a kid who's found his level there. I think that's the kind of level that Neri Snelson's going to thrive at. Of course, we want a Highlander to succeed. Of course, we want someone who's come through the, uh, the system to succeed. But they can't all succeed. And that's why very few do. So we can't force a position for me on a player that probably needs to move on probably needs to find some somewhere new. As I said, I was willing to really give him a chance this game, especially after I liked what I saw in the game against Budaglint last week for his substitute appearance. 
but there wasn't any of the positive things that I saw in that small cameo in the game last night. And at that level, in those small opportunities, you've got to take them. You have to take them. I mean, how old is Reese Nelson now? Is he, what, 21, 22? He's 22. He'll be 23 in December. 23 years of age. You know, the same age as Martin Odegaard, right? You, I, We cannot be at a level where we're giving a 23-year-old Reese Nelson any more opportunities if that's kind of what we're seeing from him. You can say I'm being harsh, but that's just the way I feel. And when it, when it comes to Arsenal, my the, the sights of my aim are certainly at a high, high level for this Arsenal team. And I just don't think it's fair. And by the way, people saying it's unfair to judge him on that game. I'm going to reiterate this point again. I am not judging him on this game. I'm judging him on the 50 opportunities that Reese Nelson has had at Arsenal during the time that he's been here. That's what I'm judging him on. Shoot me down if you like. I don't care. It's my position. I'm holding that opinion. There's not much that's going to change my mind besides a miraculous turnaround from him. Uh, Gustavo says, hey, Tom, question. If Lukonga is better suited to the eight role, how do you bring a new six and still keep Sambi? It's a fair question because can you see Sambi ousting Xhaka from that left eight role? Can you see Lukonga really getting into this Arsenal team in the future? It's a really good question. Right now, you'd have to say it's difficult to see where Lukonga is going to break into a senior Premier League starting position in the team without serious injuries and without consistently strong performances, which we have yet to see since he first joined the club and had that really good stint in the first season up until uh, Xhaka came back against Man United. That first stint last uh, season, last season, I think it was, was it last season? Season before last, when did we sign Sambi? Uh, my mind's gone on a complete blank. But you know that start of the season when he signed and he played all the way up until like Man United and he was dropped in that game. It was last season. He was dropped in that game and unfortunately never really got his place back. And that kind of lack of opportunity after that has really seen his kind of level drop a bit. But again, I, I liked what I saw from him yesterday. So that's, that's a real shame uh, that it might be that this opinion is still growing on this side of things that he's end up not going to be good enough. Uh, Patrick says he wasn't that bad. Nelson, he had a few runs at the flank, but no one to play with. Eddie was really off of his game. Um, <laughs> Vera says if Clive Palmer told me the world was flat, I'd believe him. Uh, Clive says Nelson is not taking us where we are going. He was okay last night. He allowed Martinelli to rest. So it works. Look, I'm going to give you credit for that, Clive. We can agree. Yeah, He gave Martinelli a rest. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. But you, I th I'm glad we agree on kind of the first point there. He isn't taking us where we're going. And it's not about being harsh. It's about being ruthless with the squad and accepting what, where we need to go. Some players that maybe we like, some players that maybe we wanted to succeed are going to be moved on and we're going to replace them with someone better. Trust me, everybody that's saying I'm harsh, everybody that's saying I'm wrong about Nelson, you'll all forget about him when we sign someone really good like a Mikhailo Mudrik who, say, comes in, replaces him. You'll forget Reese Nelson never even existed. I promise you. As soon as we bring someone in that absolutely smashes it in that position and competes with Martinelli, you'll forget Reese Nelson never existed and will be very, very happy indeed that we decided to move him on. Trust me, you will be. Um, <laughs> Aya says, Tom, which player do you think can challenge Partey in the DM position? I can only see Locatelli, Florian, Grilich, or Danilo. How has Grilich got on? He signed for Ajax, didn't he? I know that he was a free transfer in the summer, but I don't know how he's actually got on since moving to Ajax. Maybe someone will be able to tell me in the chat box who watches a little bit more Odovisi. He's played three games. He's played three games, one of six games overall, three games in the Champions League. Has he been injured? 
No, he's just come off the bench. He started what looks like one game against Go Ahead Eagles, which Ajax drew 1-1. I mean, that's just, that's really like loose analysis based off of what before, you know, appearances had. I'm just not sure that Grilich is of the level. And I never really was sure if we could have signed him on a free transfer that he was of the level either. Uh, Locatelli's an interesting one, but I don't really see him leaving Juve for uh, another outside of Italy. Like it's, it's stereotypical, I know, but Italian players don't tend to leave Italy. It would be difficult to see that. Danilo is an interesting one. Um, we don't know much about him. He would be a big, big risk because he's coming from Brazil, but he's very highly rated and I've liked what I've seen of him so far. It's going to be tough finding that player. Um, there's also the question of do we sign someone in January that then protect, prevents us from potentially signing someone great in the summer? Do we take up that spot with a player that you can get earlier in January or do you wait and get someone that wasn't available in January that, that's more established, much better for the role, a better competitive aparte that you can only get in the summer? It's the kind of conf conflicts that we have at this stage. Um, let's go to Paul who says, Tom, there was a time you wanted Arteta out. Is it possible that you're wrong about Nelson? There was a time that I thought that Mikel Arteta, based upon the evidence that we'd seen so far, I couldn't see how he could continue. I really couldn't see how he could continue. However, there was a time before that Villarreal game where I was very, very pro Arteta. Very, very pro Arteta. And it's very different. It's very, very different because the evidence with Arteta at that time was to me that recruiting, his vision, whatever he wanted to do at Arsenal, I always appreciated what he wanted to achieve. After Villarreal and City, I question whether he had the ability to be able to deliver it. I don't have those doubts now. The problem and the difference between that and Nelson is that Nelson has never convinced me that there is a player that will succeed at Arsenal. Whereas Mikel Arteta, there was always a lot of evidence and tangible things I could latch onto to keep me believing in him but it was always kind of the deliverance of his vision that I would question after Villarreal and after Manchester City that eventually he has now turned around significantly, hence why I can back him wholeheartedly. Very different, Paul. So no, I'm afraid it's it's very different indeed. Uh, Nav says, to be honest, I would wait and sign someone better in the summer and then just sign someone who can do the job at defensive midfield. Uh, Shane says, Sammy needs to play besides Partey before we judge him, although I think I'd look good <laughs> playing alongside Partey. Iba uh, says, uh, or Ibe, sorry, says, uh, big up all gooners around the world. The truth is that Nelson is bang average and we should cut our ties with him ASAP. Uh, heart, I mean, blunt. But, you know, I, I don't think it's any different to what I've said, really. Uh, Emmanuel says, Tom, speaking of left-sided centre-backs, what are your thoughts on Evan and Dika? Seems like a good option after Gabriel. Could even be free, of course, in the summer transfer window. I think his contract runs out in the summer. Could be a good potential competitor for Gabriel. I wouldn't rule that one out whatsoever. Uh, TJ Max says, Nelson was just trying to get some fitness last night. This time last year, everyone thought Eddie wasn't good enough. Let's get, I don't think everyone, I don't think that's fair to say everyone, certainly wasn't everyone, thought Eddie wasn't good enough. Let's give him to the end of the season and see if he can hopefully step up. But I say, when I say I don't think it was everyone, I'm not including myself in that everyone. I just know a lot of people that were not done with Eddie Nketiah. Uh, Benjamin says, Tom, I think we'll sign Danilo in January and be priced out of Mudrik. So once again, who would you want in the wide position if Nelson isn't the answer? Uh, again, I think if we can have the opportunity to go and try for Cody Gakpo, go and do it. The guy is on fire, versatile, a really different kind of character to what we've got at the club. 
go get me Cody Gakpo. Looks quite the player. Maybe we've left it a little bit too late because I can see and hear that Real Madrid is sniffing around him now. Uh, Lin says, do you not, do you think now that Arteta will play Nelson and do at least we can get, do we at least see if we can get some money for him in January or the summer? Well, we can't in the summer because his contract is up. So he'll go for free. January is the last opportunity that we have, but we've seen players like Callum Chambers leave for nothing with six months left on their deal. Same with Mustafi, same with Socrates, same with Ozil. So it's happened. Um, I don't see Nelson getting another chance really until the FC Zurich game because the PSV games are going to be key. I think Arteta is going to go strong in those games. So I don't really know where Nelson's going to play now. I don't know where his opportunity is going to come from. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Stephen says, love the way Nelson gets a free pass, but other players get piled on. <laughs> yeah, it's very I, I don't know why Nelson has a little bit of a cult follow. Maybe because it's a hail ender. Maybe because he's coming through the academy. Maybe that's why he gets a lot more uh opportunities so yeah uh christian says bella kochap the uh german international at southampton really impressed with him very very impressed with him uh playing in a very poor southampton side one to keep an eye on that's for sure uh yash says do you think we'll sign douglas louise in january he's still on the club's radar the club haven't kind of ended their pursuit of him if you like but it was a rush thing at the end of the last window they may assess all options before they move for someone like him again in January. Um, Will Spencer says, still think Enketia isn't good enough. The thing I would say about Enketia is that you need to look at his numbers when he starts games. He's a consistent goal scorer when he starts games. Nothing I think we can read about yesterday's performance. I don't think he received the service at all. But when he starts games, he's a regular goal scorer and you've got to give him credit for that because he's done very well when he has been called upon. Um Wilson says, why on earth have you gone cold feet on Douglas Louise? I don't think I have. Have I? Have I gone cold feet on Douglas Louise? I just think there are better players out there, but I wouldn't say I'm written off the idea of signing Douglas Louise. But I think there are better players that we could arguably get. Uh, Aya says, someone please explain to me why the same fans... Are oh, we've already done that one. <laughs> Aya's just very keen to get that question. Uh, Dave says, can we have yet another shout out for how Tommy dealt with Salah, who scored three and five against the Rangers side the other night? Tommy's done fantastically well. And it was interesting that Tierney started and Tommy didn't play at all besides coming off the bench towards the end last night. Is that a hint we might see Tommy Asu play at the weekend? We'll have to wait and see. Apologies for that. It's TGT sneeze messing up everything. Uh, Eva says, uh, it's strange how Sambi has lost his guile from last season. Maybe it's taking a long time for him to adjust. I just think he hasn't been given the opportunities to play in a, as consistent a way as he was last season. At the start of last season, he was given loads of chances. It didn't work out uh, because he was dropped after the Man United or before the Man United game and he couldn't get back in his rhythm. But up to that point, I thought he was our best midfielder in that in that season, in the first third of the season. I thought he was excellent. Uh, big facts of Lackey says, Tom, you say that we can't judge based on last night's performances. But again, uh, I, I, I don't have to repeat this like several times, as I've said. I'm not basing it on last night's performance only. I'm basing it on the 50 appearances. <laughs> I can say it once. I can say it twice. But if you're not going to listen, I can't do anything more than that. I told you. 50 appearances I'm judging him on, not just last night. Uh, VAR says, happy with Turner. Seems to, me, seems to have accepted his weaknesses with his feet and just gets rid of it. Stop the shots and let the field players move the ball on. Works for me. Absolutely. I thought Turner was great. Uh, Simakula says Saliba and Tommy at centre-back. No, Saliba and Gabriel at centre-back. Gabriel is fine. Gabriel is doing a good job. If you want a, evidence as to why Gabriel is doing a good job, I wrote an entire piece about it. 
it really does highlight his positives. Yes, he's made mistakes. There's no denying that. But I think people are overlooking the response he has when he makes those errors, the performance he has outside of those few mistakes that he does make. He's still a young centre-back. They're going to make mistakes. Saliba made a mistake against Liverpool. Barely anyone's talked about it. Barely anyone has talked about the mistake that Saliba made against Liverpool that cost us a goal for Firmino. That's, that'll come with time. Saliba's going to improve. He's great. I'm not worried about him. What I am worried about is the scapegoating that goes on around Gabriel and how certain mistakes of other players are overlooked and the mistakes of Gabriel are highlighted far more than anyone else. Gabriel has been good this season. Yes, he's made errors, but actually outside of those errors, there's the evidence that he's been very, very strong indeed. And that's why I wrote about it. Uh, Ronald says, who has a higher ceiling, Saka or Foden? Impossible answer, mate. I don't know. Both are fantastic. Both could be brilliant. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Dree says, uh, do you think Arsenal can sign Jude Bellingham in the summer if we somehow find ourselves in a title race? Do you think he can be our final piece like Van Dijk for Liverpool? Also, is Gakpo possible in January? It is, but it would be very expensive on the Gakpo side of things. PSV, I think, would sell if they were given the amount of money that they want. And Gakpo needs to be sure the club that he's moving to. He's been very tied up with the number of teams that he's kind of considering. Leeds really wanted him. Leeds don't really have a chance, I don't think, now. Um, do I think we can sign Jude in the summer? If Arsenal are willing to put up the money, they certainly enter the ring, if you like, of clubs that won't want him. Can they convince him? I think if Arsenal got into the Champions League and pushed really hard towards the end of the season, there's enough evidence to really argue the point that Arsenal's project is going in the right direction. But I think he would have questions about whether or not he would start. because, And it sounds crazy because Granit Xhaka is Granit Xhaka. But Xhaka's been brilliant. He's undroppable for Arsenal right now. And I think that Jude would be fair enough to ask, am I going to play? Because you've got Xhaka where I play right now. Arteta, you love him. Are you going to drop him? Whereas I think Liverpool, you would start straight away. Manchester City would arguably start where Gundogan is straight away or Bernardo Silva. So, you know, it's it's difficult to see um, the argument. Uh, it sounds mad because I know you guys are going, what are you talking about? Obviously, you would start over Xhaka. And I'm saying, yeah, I probably would start him over Xhaka too. But the thing is, I don't know whether Arsenal would start him over Xhaka right now because Xhaka is loved by Arteta. So there you go. Um, let's go to uh, Luke. Oh, let's go to Christian first. He says, now nah, I don't buy this scapegoating, Tom. I respectfully disagree. It's been evident since last year. Same mistakes keep happening and he needs to eradicate these and be more composed. Right. He's made me do it. <laughs> He's made me do it. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's bring out the numbers. He's doing it to me. Right. First of all, talking about passing. Okay. He has a better pass completion so far than Christian Romero, Virgil van Dijk, Kaladu Koulibaly. He's only 2.1% off William Saliba in terms of his pass completion. It's nothing to do with the way he's passing either. He's got a greater pass progression than Romero and he's only 20 or so yards off Saliba's pass progression so far this season. He's got more clearances per 90 than Van Dijk, Ruben Diaz, Koulibaly and Saliba. More block shots per 90 than Romero, Diaz, Koulibaly and Saliba. He's got a better successful pressure percentage per 90 than Koulibaly, Saliba, Diaz and Romero. And he's got more tackles, one per 90 than Diaz and Van Dijk. Arsenal have a good player in Gabriel. More than good. So stop letting these little errors that happen in plenty of players' games overshadow the good player that he is. Can he improve? Yes. Can he stop these little mistakes? He can absolutely try. But I'm sorry if you're going to ignore everything else about his game, you are being ignorant of the fact that we've got a very good defender at this club and he balances our back two and back four very, very well indeed. And with that, 
I'm going to see you very, very soon. We'll be back this afternoon, this evening, 6 p.m. UK time. We'll be joined by Harry Simeon for a special Harry and Simeon preview show ahead of the Leeds game. So do join us then. Turn your notifications on so you never miss a show. I'll also be live at 10 a.m. over on the Arsenal way. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. Leave your comments down below with your thoughts and theories and queries and questions have you had off the back of this show. And drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.